Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Pay my sin. This is a team effort. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Mm. To the world, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. But to us who are saved, it is the power of God. Clap your hands to the Lord and thank him for the cross. Amen. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me this morning to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter, chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. You'll recognize this, these verses uh, from last week. But I'm also going to read uh, out of the book of Luke, chapter 22. We'll start reading at verse 16. Amen. I just want to say happy birthday to Sister Cheryl Nab. Amen. Why don't we give her a hand? We could... We could have her come up to the front and sing happy birthday to her. (laughs) She's like, you can try. (laughs) How many candles, right? 39. 39. Man, my dad used to say, I only only get to a certain age and then I stop counting. He had his 83rd this year, so. Praise the Lord. Luke 22 and Isaiah chapter 1. Praise the Lord. If you have it, say amen. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. You know, the Lord wants to talk to us. He wants to reason with us. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white, as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing, somebody say if. If's a big word. If denotes a choice. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken. 
Amen. How many want to be willing and obedient? I don't want to get the sword. I fear the sword. But it's not about words. Come on, it's about actions. Amen. Willing. Somebody say willing and obedient. Luke 22. And so the Lord had sent Peter and John to prepare the Passover. And he desired to eat the Passover with his disciples. Somebody say amen. And they went and they prepared the Passover. And as they sat down and began to eat, the Bible says in Luke 22 and 17, and he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Amen. This cup is a representation of the blood. How many know the life is in the blood? The life that Jesus had was shed for us was destroyed for us. Verse 21, somebody say but. There's those buts again. They're all over scripture. Somebody say amen. But behold, Jesus talking, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. And truly the son of man goeth as it was determined, but Woe unto that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to inquire among themselves which of them it was that should do this thing. And there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are all called benefactors. But ye shall not be so. But he that is among greatest among you, let him also be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that doeth serve. For whether there is greater he that sitteth at meat, or he that serveth is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serveth. Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations. And I appoint unto you a kingdom, as my Father hath appointed unto me, that ye may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Amen. But there was one that sat among them, come on, whose hand was at the table with the Lord that would betray him. Somebody say amen. Let's go down to verse 
39. And he came out and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and he kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou wilt be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he arose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? When they which were about him saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And one of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. And Jesus answered, and said, Suffer ye thus far, and he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and the captains of the temple and the elders which were come to him, Be ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves. But I was daily with you in the temple. Ye stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning, uh, similar to what I preached last week. I want to preach message number two on uh, uh, finding the will of God or the greatest obstacles to the will of God. Uh, why don't you lay your Bibles down and lift your hands unto the Lord this morning and just ask the Lord to speak to you right now as one voice with one voice as a whole church. Come on, let us lift our voice unto the Lord today. Come on, pray to him. God, I need you to speak to me this morning. Lord, I need you to move and to operate, Lord, in this house. Lord, minister, Lord, in this place in whatever capacity that you deem necessary to bring your will to pass. Say what needs to be said. Do what needs to be done. I bind every spirit of darkness, every spirit of confusion, every spirit of distraction. I pray that there were to be a spirit of undivided attention. God, I pray that your anointing would settle upon this house today. Do what we can't do. Go beyond us, God. Take us to that place, Lord, of revelation that you long for us to be. And we'll give you all the praise and the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I know that I read quite a bit of scripture this morning. Kind of wanted us to get a just uh, into the direction, get a little refresher uh, on what was taking place in these this passage of scripture took place in Luke 22. We talked last week about uh, the greatest obstacle to the will of God. 
And we've learned that um, God's will is, is, is the greatest force in the universe. But the only force in the universe that can keep the will of God from happening to you in your life is your will. Amen. The only thing that can keep uh, the will of life from be coming to fruition in your life is your will. Amen. How many know that the enemy, the devil, he can throw all kinds of obstacles in your way? Amen. He can, he, he can try to, to, to connive and he can try to cheat and he can try to steal from you and he can try to deceive you into taking a path that, 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 that is not the will of God for your life. But if you have a willing and obedient heart and you have reverence for the word of God in your life, I believe that the word of God will come to pass in your life. Amen. No weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. And every tongue that rises against me, God will condemn for that is the heritage of them that serve the Lord. Amen. And when you have a servant's heart and you understand that you're living your life to serve the creator of the universe, you know that if you're submitted to the word of God in your life, that you are under the covering of God's will for your life. Come on. How many know that the devil... The adversary, he had a mind to destroy the life of Job. Come on, amen. He, 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 he appeared before the Lord. The Bible says all the sons of God came before the throne of God. And God looked at, at uh, uh, Lucifer, Satan, and he said, where have you been? And he said, I've been walking to and fro in the earth. Amen. And God raised a question unto Satan. He said, what do you think about my servant Job? Amen. What do you think about him? And he said, well, uh, uh, he said he is righteous and he is blameless and he, he always does the right thing. And the enemy spoke to the Lord and he said, well, yeah, he does, but only because he's protected. There's a hedge that's about him. There's a hedge that's around him that will not allow me close to him to destroy the things that he has. If you lift your hand for protection off of him and you allow me to have my way for a little while, he will curse you to your face. Amen. He will curse you to your face when he loses everything that he has. And the Bible says that God said, okay, go ahead, but you cannot touch his life. Amen. There's a lot of things that the Lord might give the enemy right away in your life to take, but there's one thing that's in his hand, and that is your life. Come on, because you're in your life holds your eternity. Amen. The Bible says that he raised his hand against Job. He destroyed all of Job's children. Amen. He destroyed uh, his businesses and all of his income. Amen. In one day, he lost all 10 of his children and he lost his businesses and all of his income and didn't have a penny to his name. Amen. And, and, and all of a sudden, he come down with boils all over his body and now his health is failing. He seemingly lost everything. Come on. He seemingly lost everything that he could possibly have in this world. But Job had a greater understanding than most people. He understood that his life was consisted more of, than the things that he possessed. It was more than just about the things that he had, the life, the, the house that he lived in and the health of his body. But his life meant more to God than just the things that he could give him on the earth. And Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. 
Amen. How many know that Job's wife turned to him and he said, you might as well curse God and die. That's bad advice. Amen. You might as well just curse God and die. You don't have a future. You don't have anything to look forward to. Everything's been taken. Everything is gone. But Job had a hope. Come on. He had a hope for greater than what he had before. He had a hope for healing, restoration. Come on. Because he understood the God that he served was greater than his circumstance. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but we need to have an understanding that God is greater. He's greater than sickness. He's greater than disease. He's greater than bankruptcy. He's greater than divorce. He's greater than death. God is greater. Somebody say amen. God is greater. Job had an understanding. Uh, his, his, the, his relationship with God meant more to him than the things that he possessed. Come on. Sometimes I think we think God's purpose is to just give us what we want. Come on, just give us what we need. Just give us what we desire. Come on, just give me that spouse that, that I'm looking for. Just let me have the job that I want. Come on, let me make a million dollars a year. Come on, let, let me never go through any struggle or any pain. Amen. But we have to understand that the most important thing to God is our eternal salvation. God's not going to allow anything in your life that's going to destroy you. Everything that he allows is to push you closer to him. The reason that we experience the pain that we experience is because he wants us to know that he's the pain taker. The reason that we experience the brokenness is because he wants us to know that he's a healer. Amen. I had somebody tell me one time, I'm praying that I win the lottery. God's not going to put something in your life, especially that's going to take away your need for him. If the only reason you're praying is to have your bills paid, at least you're praying. Come on, at least you understand that you're not all powerful, that you're not all knowing. Come on, that, 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 that you, you, you understand that you can't proceed without God. Amen. Any time that we try to proceed without God, it comes crashing down. Come on, somebody. When there's a call of God for on your life and the will of the Lord for your life, you'll make plans and you'll build houses and you'll build lives based on what you want to do and where you want to go. But the Bible says that when the wind came and the rain came, that great was the fall of that house because it was built on the sand. Anytime you try to build your life on something that is made out of things that you can see, it's not going to stand. It's movable. It's temporary. It's temporal. It will change at some point in your existence. And when you've built your hope on something that will change, when it comes crashing down, now you have nothing to hope in. But he said, if you build your house upon the rock, 
Come on. If you build it upon the word of God, if you build it upon the principles and concepts of his word, he said that rain's going to come and that wind's going to blow, but that house is going to stand firm. The difference between a house standing and a house falling is where it's built. I want to ask you today, what are you building your house on? Are you building your dreams upon where you want to go and what you want to do? Your own will, your own desire, or are you building it on the will of God for your life? Because I'm going to tell you, the only thing that's going to stand is God's word. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. I'm going to tell you, everything that we see was made by things that do not appear. The very words that came, that breathed out of the mouth of God, created the heavens and the earth and gave you existence. There's no way you're going to get out from under the will of God. It encompasses and covers everything. Amen, the will of God. Amen, the only thing that can override the will of God in your life is your own will. Somebody say, I have a choice. I have a choice. I have a choice to do. I have a choice to, to act. What is a choice? decision, right? In a decision, you have multiple opportunities. Amen. You have multiple paths to walk. You have multiple ways that you could go. Amen. Multiple avenues. Amen. That, that, that you could take in life. How many know there are a lot of different roads out there that you can take? A lot of different decisions that you can make. A lot of occupations. A lot of things that you can put in your body. A lot of things that you can put in your eyes and in your mind. Come on. There are a lot of different opportunities out there. A lot of paths to walk. Amen. Somebody say amen. How many know that any time that you come to the point of a decision? I call it the crossroads. Has anybody ever been at a crossroads? You come to a point in your life where... You got to go one way or the other. Amen. You got to go right or you got to go left. Amen. You got to you got to you got to go uh, uh, you got to make a decision. You can't go any further until the decision is made. Somebody say amen. But how many know that the decisions are made based on the destination in mind? Amen. If I'm going to go to St. Clairsville and that's, that's my desired destination. I'm going to go out down Southgate Parkway and I'm going to go 70 east. Man. <laughs> Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about without a GPS. Where's Kaylee? She can't even go pick up pizza without the GPS. Galaxy Pizza, she's been there a thousand times, but she still needs her GPS. Wow. I know I told this story before, but anyway, I'll get back to that. 
I want to go to St. Clairsville, I got to go 70 east. All right? There's no way. I got to go east. Somebody say east. There's a direction that I have to go that will get me there. Man, I can't make the decision. I want to go to St. Clairsville, but I'm going to go west. Well, guess what? You're not going to end up at St. Clairsville. You can't go the wrong direction and end up at the right destination. Come on. You can't choose to, to go a way that you know is not God's way and think that you're going to end up at the right place. Come on, you can't make decisions that you know is contrary to God's word. He that knows to do right and does it not, to him it is sin. And where sin is, when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. If you choose the way of sin, you're going to end up in a place you don't want to be. Amen. It's not going to lead you to heaven. If you follow the lust of your flesh, where you want to go, what you want to do, exercise your will and your authority, you're going to end up exactly where you're choices are taking you. Come on. And the only way that you're going to end up in a different destination is you got to turn around. At some point in your life, you got to realize this is not taking me to St. Clairsville. Well, that, there's a sign for Columbus. I, I, I feel like I'm getting farther away from where I'm supposed to be. Come on. Sometimes it takes us a little bit of time to realize that we're going the wrong way. And when we realize we're going the wrong way and doing the wrong things, there has to be a change in our mind, a change in our heart where we say, you know what? I can't do this anymore. On, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to get back to where God has called me to be. He's got good things for your life. He's got blessings beyond measure, but he cannot exercise his authority in your life if you will not surrender your will. You have to surrender your will to God. There's no way around it. Come on. You can pray for good things, but if your choices dictate that you're on the wrong path, you're going to end up going to hell with the rest of the world. I'm sorry to preach it like this, but sometimes you just got to say it plain. I don't know about you, but I want to end up in the right place with Jesus in heaven for eternity. Clap your hands to the Lord today. Amen. Somebody say, it's your choice. You know what the choice is. It's your choice. Come on. You're knowingly making the wrong choice. You're knowingly doing the things that you're doing. Come on. You're knowingly uh, with your own mind exercising your will and your authority over your own life. Don't you look back at God and blame God for the things that are going to happen in your world. Don't you look back and blame your parents and blame the church and blame everybody else. You have a choice. You have a choice. It's time to stand up. Come on. It's time to exercise your authority in your life and say, not anymore. I'm not going to allow it now one more day. Amen. Jesus pulled his descent. Man, is it hot in here? Somebody crank that AC down a little bit. Are you hot? You're, you're always hot. Man, Jesus had a desire to have the Passover 
with his disciples. Amen. We understand that Jesus was the Passover. He was the Passover lamb. There was about to be a transition that no longer would it be that Passover lamb, that spotless lamb that they'd bring and they would, they would spill the blood of for the Passover to rub it on the doorpost. Remember that the death angel would pass over in Egypt. Somebody say amen. We're all watching that. It was the transition from that to, to, to that being fulfilled when the Lamb of God, come on, would be slain for the sins of the whole world. Jesus was having the last, they call it, the Last Supper, His Last Supper. But, but, but I call it the first Passover because it was the very first meal that was, that was eaten with the understanding that Jesus would be the one that we would partake in. Amen. It was uh, Jesus instituting His will and His way. Amen. And as he, as he took the bread and He broke it and He blessed it, and he handed it to his disciples and he said, take heed, this is my body. I mean, this is not actually my body, but this is a representation of my body that is broken for you. Amen. And then he gave them drink of the cup and he said, this is the New Testament in my blood. Amen. This is, this is my will being established through the blood that I'm going to shed for you. Amen. By taking this cup and eating this bread, it was a representation of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. As he's having this moment with his disciples, amen, he's, he, he's letting them know they are the 12 that are going to take the message to this generation and beyond. Come on. They are the 12, the foundation of the message that he is leaving them. Amen. They, uh, how many know that he was going to send back the Holy Ghost and fill them with power and with authority and they were going to preach the word of God to this gen that generation. Amen. Those were the men that he had chosen. But there was one. Somebody say there was always one. There was one. That was a Judas. Amen. Is there anybody named Judas in here? a little touchy here. Amen. Is, do you know anybody named Judas? You do? And you're ruining my whole, my whole spiel here. Most of us, normal people, know any Judases. Think about it. I mean, who has a child and says, I'm going to name him Judas. It just fits him perfect. I mean, come on, seriously. If you've read the Bible, you're, you're like, no, there's just some names in the Bible that I don't want my children being named after. Because they say biblical names, there was a prophetic connotation. A, a prophetic 
touching the names. Amen. Every name was prophetic, that it would speak of their future. Amen. I would never name my child something that was stupid. Oh, yeah, they, they just look like a stupid. No, they just look like a Judas. Come on. Amen. Think about it. Amen. Judas being a Judas, he, he's ruined the name. Come on, he's ruined it. He's ruined the name. The name Judas now, when we when we hear the, if you have any Bible teaching or any Sunday school background, you understand who Judas is. Amen. You can't know who Jesus is and not know who Judas is. Amen. Judas betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver for those of you who may not know. Amen. He was sitting at the table. Amen. He was at the table with the other 11. Amen. He, he, he followed Jesus. He saw the miracles. He saw the signs. He saw the wonders. He saw all that Jesus did. He sat under his teaching. Amen. He sat under the parables and the teaching and the explanation of all that Jesus did. He saw him raise the dead. He saw him raise Lazarus from the dead. Come on. He saw him raise multiple people from the dead. Heal the blinded eyes. Heal the woman with the issue of blood. Heal Jairus' daughter. The he healed blind Bartimaeus. Come on. He watched him operate and move in the earth as the son of God. There's no doubt that he understood who Jesus was. He was at the table with him. He was there when he instituted the new Passover. Come on. He was there when he told them that I'm going to be betrayed into the hands of sinners and I'm going to be killed and I'm going to be destroyed. But on the third day, I'm going to rise again. Come on. He heard the same gospel. He heard heard the right teaching. He was in the right place, but he still made the wrong choice. Amen. Amen. I don't know if this is not what you wanted to hear this morning, but all I can do is preach what I feel in my spirit. He had the same opportunity that all the other disciples did. He had the same opportunity as Peter. He had the same opportunity as John. He had the same opportunity as James. Uh, he had the same opportunity as all the other 11 who were successful in their ministries for the Lord. He had the same opportunity to hear the gospel and find his part in the will of God. But just by a simple choice, one choice, one choice that he made separated him from the fold. One choice that he made took him away and led him uh, uh, contrary to where God had desired for him to go. He had a choice and he made his choice and it destroyed his future. Amen. Judas, let's, let's, let's talk about the life of Judas. Judas was, he was the uh, usher. I'm sorry. He was the usher. He, he, he had the bag.
Judas had the bag. All right? Judas was the caretaker of the funds. He had the funds. He was he was the one that was uh, he was the accountant. He he was he was the one that was keeping track of Jesus's financial side of Jesus's ministry. Amen. He 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 had the bag, taking care of the bag. They they say that he had control over the bag. Amen. But how many know that the bag took control over him? His desires and his what he wanted to do began to take precedence over the Lord's will and what God wanted. Amen. And so he began to exercise authority in the aspect of his ministry, and it took control over him. Amen. Jo- Judas was, uh, was not a spiritual person. I believe that there was a time where Judas was spiritual. I believe that there was a time when he prayed. The Lord wouldn't have chosen him. I believe there's a time when, when he was sincere in following the Lord. Amen. But at some point in his walk with God, he turned. Amen. At some point in his walk with God, he got more concerned about himself than he did about the Lord. Amen. He got more concerned about what he could get out of the deal. Amen. What, what can I get out of this? You know, what, what is, what, what's in this to benefit me? Amen. How is all this going to benefit me? I, I deserve something. I deserve my, my payday. Amen. I deserve what, what I want. I deserve to, to have what I want. Come on. Amen. He, it took control over Judas. Amen. And, and Judas was, he, he had his hand at the table, but his heart was somewhere else. Amen. He had his hand at the table. Amen. But his heart was in money. Amen. His heart was in something else. Amen. And it don't have to be money this morning. It can be a lot of different things. Amen. But we have to understand that God wants our heart. And if he don't have our heart, then we don't have a part. Come on. If he don't have our heart, then it's going to be impossible for him for to help us to do our part in his will. Somebody say amen. Judas was at the table. He was in the right place with the right teaching. Come on. Experiencing the same things that everybody else was experiencing. But he had his own desire. His heart was not with the Lord. Amen. I want to tell you this morning that if your heart's not with the Lord, amen, your hand's still at the table, that won't save you. Come on. Your hand is still at the table. That's not going to give you eternal life. Your hands at the table, that's not going to save your soul and heal you from your brokenness and your addiction. The only thing that's going to save you is when God can get your heart. Come on. He's got to be able to access your heart. Somebody say amen. I need my, I need your heart. Amen. He spoke at the table. He said, said, somebody here, if your hand's at the table, you're going to betray me. Judas is sitting at the table. He's, he's, when Jesus said it, he wasn't looking at Judas. Judas is at the 
Somebody's going to betray me. You know? It's not the way it was. They began to question among themselves. And in one of the, the accounts of the gospel, the Bible says that even Judas asked him. Now that right there, that's some boldness. Isn't it? Almost taunting. Am I the one? He already knew the plan. When he was sitting at the table, he already knew the plan. Come on. He still had time to back out of it. Come on. He still hadn't taken the money yet. He still had time to back out. He still had time to make it right. Amen. He still had time to, to clear it up. Amen. But, but, but as he's standing there with Jesus, Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. And Judas says, is, is it I? And what did Jesus say? He says, thou, thou sayest. You know, almost taking it as a confession from Judas. You know, because he's, he's almost taunting the Lord. Amen. His attitude had turned to such a way that, that he was against God and the will of God. And it, he could not feel the conviction. Amen. When, when he was asked or when, he, when they talked about the betrayal, it did not seem to be exactly what it was. He was blinded by his own will and what he wanted and his own idea of what Jesus should be. See, he had this idea in his mind that Jesus was going to come in and he was going to overthrow the Romans and he was going to take over militarily and he was going to establish his, his, his kingdom in Jerusalem at that time. And he was willing to back that with the money and the plan that they had. But when he found out that that was not the plan, something in him turned because the will of God that he wanted was not the will of God that God wanted. Come on, we got to ask ourselves this morning, is the will of God that we have, we have vision in our mind the same will of God that God has written in his plan? Because if it isn't, it will lead you the wrong direction and it will ultimately cause you to sacrifice Jesus. That's hard. That's hard. Amen. They went from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane. What was the Garden of Gethsemane? I'm almost done. was the garden of Gethsemane? Somebody asked, somebody answer me. What do you see it as? Amen. What happened in the garden of Gethsemane? We just read the story. Jesus, they prayed, right? The garden, the Mount of Olives is where Jesus would go to spend time with God. Amen. That's where he would go to get away. It's where he would go to, to find, to, to get back to center. Amen. He made his way to the Mount of Olives to pray. And he took his disciples with him. But guess who was absent? Guess who was absent? Yeah, I know. Guess who was absent? All the other disciples were with Jesus in the garden, except Judas. Amen. Except Judas. Amen. We have to understand that, that Judas had his own idea and he had his own plan. 
Amen. And, and when everybody else was praying in the garden and Jesus was suffering in prayer. Amen. Jesus asked his disciples to come along. I need you to, I need you to pray with me. Amen. The things that I'm about to go through are beyond me. I can't do it without prayer. And I need your strength in prayer. Come on. I need you to stand with me in prayer. And he took Peter and James and John and he went a little bit further with them. And he said, please pray with me. Amen. Pray that you enter not in temptation. Come on. Pray because th th there's a, there's about to be some happenings. We need to pray for strength and pray for the will of God. Amen. How many know that while they were praying for the will of God, that Judas was at work in another place doing another thing. Amen. We have to understand it's not good enough for me to have my hands at the table, but I got to have my knees in prayer. Come on. It's not good enough for me just to be at church on Sunday, but I got to be there for prayer meeting. I got to be there early to get in the prayer room and find the will of God. This is not about one person or one group of people. This is about collectively finding the will of God for this city. We have to understand we're not going to do our own thing and find the will of God. We're not going to follow our own dreams and find the will of God. We got to get in with the group. We got to find prayer. Come on. We got to humble ourselves and sacrifice in prayer. Then and only then will we find the will of God. Judas don't want to pray. That's not cool. Come on. He's trying to make some money. I got more important things to do. Hey Amen. I got bigger fish, fish to fry, they say. I got places to go and people to see. Hey Amen. But understand that they were in a dire need, in a dire time, in a moment where prayer was a necessity. That if they weren't going to pray, they were going to be lost. If they weren't going to pray with God, with Jesus, they were going to be deceived and tempted and given the temptation. Amen. I believe that we're living in a day today. It's a dire time. Come on. That if you're not praying, you're going to be deceived. If you're not seeking the will of God actively in prayer, that you're going to be led away by your own lusts and your own desires. I plead with you this morning. It's time to get in the garden. It's time to find a place of sacrifice with Jesus. It's time to find a will of the will of God for our lives. Hallelujah. It's time to pray. Somebody say it's time to pray. It's in prayer where Jesus sacrificed his will. I don't know how you view prayer. I mean, I've had people make fun of me for going to church, and being a church boy, Bible banger. You want to go pray? You don't go pray at church. Why don't you just say a prayer for me today? Amen. I've had people ridicule and persecute, say things, you know, trying to get at you. Amen. And I expect that from people that don't understand. Amen. But there are some of us that understand and know that we have to pray. That we have to spend time with God. Amen. And we, we're actively making choices not to. And I'm going to tell you this morning, I believe the difference between Judas and the rest of the disciples 
is that Judas wanted what was at the table. He wanted the good things. Man, he wanted to he wanted to have the healing. He wanted to have the miracles. He wanted to have all the good things. Amen. The, the blessing of God that came along with it. But Judas was not willing to sacrifice. His life was all about him. If you want to try to identify Judas, man, we have to understand his life was all about him. Amen. And Judas, when he was he was brought to bear at the Last Supper, Jesus pretty much called him out. He and Jesus both knew that he was speaking prophetically. And Judas re refused to own up to. He refused to admit what was about to take place. And the Bible says this is how Jesus operates. He took the sop. Does anybody know what the sop is? It's the bread with the juice that's in the bottom of the pan or the bowl. That's where all the flavor's at. That's, that's the good part. He said, John, John leaned over. Jesus loved. John was laying on Jesus' breast. He was laying on his chest. Amen. Peter was standing on the other side of the room. He was watching John because he was jealous of the Read the Bible. There's all kinds of dynamics. He was jealous of the relationship that John and Jesus had. Amen. And he, he Jesus said, one of you are going to betray me. Peter looked over at John and he said, he's getting away with it. It's not in Luke's take, but it's one of the gospel's takes. I can't remember. Probably John. Wouldn't you say? And so John whispers to Jesus. comes a time when you make the decision in your heart. You've already made up your mind that you're going to do it. Come on. You already know. You, you know that it's not the path that God has for you. You know something on the inside. I'm preaching to somebody here and I'm trying to help somebody. You know that it's wrong and you know that you shouldn't be doing it. And, and you know that, that if you do it, it's going to be detrimental. You know this, but, but, but you have your heart set to do something that's against God's will. Amen. Even Jesus could not stop him. Even Jesus couldn't, couldn't stop him. He had his heart set. He was going to do it. Amen. And as they prayed in the garden, the 
disciples slept, Jesus prayed. Stay with me all over that building. Very sober feeling in here this morning. Jesus prayed and the disciples slept. But let me tell you something. Their sleeping in the garden was better than not being there at all. It was better. They heard Jesus weeping. They heard him praying. They heard the agony in his spirit and the sorrow with which he prayed. They were there with Jesus. You know, sometimes it's really not the prayers that we pray that change us in the garden. It's the prayers that he prays. It's the prayers that he prays. prayers that are mentioned. John doesn't mention his prayer in the garden, does he? He mentions Jesus' prayer. We have to understand that when we get in the garden with Jesus, that's where bitterness fades. That's where offense fades. That's where unforgiveness fades. It's where sin takes a back seat. Come on, it's where my plans and my desires and what I want to do, it's where they wane. And when I begin to hear the present, the voice of the Lord in my spirit and in my mind, that still small voice, it gives me hope and reassurance and faith that I'm on the right path. Come on, somebody. You can't find the will of God without prayer. You can't find the will of God without sacrifice and humbling yourself before God. If you're going to make it through, if you're going to make it to the end, you're going to have to develop a prayer life and a time with God. Amen. While Judas is out chasing his dream and the thing that he wants, the other disciples are with Jesus in the garden. Amen. If you're going to endure the life that is laid before you, you're going to have to find a place of prayer with God. Amen. The only way that my will will die and his will live is if I find that place of prayer with the Lord. Jesus, knowing what he was about to go through, it was a game to Judas. He didn't understand the implications. He didn't understand the severity of his actions. Amen. But him choosing not to be in the garden that night time you choose your own will, you sacrifice the Lord. Anytime we choose our own will, we sacrifice him again. Jesus was wailing and crying and praying in the garden. The Bible says that he prayed with such agony 
that his sweat became as great drops of blood. The pain and the suffering that he was about to go through. How could this be the will of God? You know what? I'm going to lay down my will and I'm going to do what needs to be done because there's somebody that needs me. Jesus didn't do that for him. Come on, somebody. Jesus didn't do that for him. He did it for the people that were connected to him. Amen. He didn't just do it for him. He did it for the disciples. He did it for the whole world. Amen. Understanding his role, that he was the sinless, spotless lamb, the lamb of God who would take away the sins of the whole world. I want you to just picture in your mind, everybody close your eyes. There's two types of people. There's selfish people. And there's unselfish people. There are people that live after their own will and then there's people who are servants that live after God's will. Jesus made a statement that night where he said, the greatest among you, they'll be your servants. They're going to be the ones that are laying down their lives for other people. They're going to be the ones laying down their feelings for others. They're going to be the ones that sacrifice. They're going to be the ones that call out other people's names in prayer. They're going to be the ones that make the decisions that are necessary to bring healing. They're the ones that can be counted on in times of crisis because they've humbled themselves. And they've found the center of God's will in prayer. There's always going to be a Judas. There's always going to be people that deceive us, betray us, lie to us, cheat us. Come on. There's always going to be people that, that are that way, that are self-centered and selfish. They say things that are damaging. Their only thought is about them and their own preservation and their own gain. They don't think about anybody else. The, the world's full of them. But my desire this morning is to just know that I'm not one of them. Amen. I've made up my mind, Lord, in prayer and seeking God. That there's a lot of things that the devil can take from me. There's a lot of things he can steal from me. But he's not stealing my salvation. Amen. And I understand that the only way that that's not going to happen is I got to have a garden of Gethsemane in my life. Come on, I got to have a prayer. I got to have a place of prayer before God. 
I got to have a time and a place where I humble myself before the Lord, where I lay down. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. My own plans, my own desires, my own will. Come on, my, where I want to go with my life, what I want to do with my life, uh, the job I want to have, the spouse I want to marry, what I'm going to do today, what I'm going to do tomorrow. And there needs to be a, a desire in our heart to have the will of God in our lives. It only happens in prayer. It only happens in prayer. Come on. I want to have a life saturated. Saturated in prayer. Saturated with the word of God. Saturated with the love and the mercy of the Lord. Saturated with his forgiveness. Come on. Saturated with his strength. There's not anything that you're going through right now that he doesn't have the answer for. He's got the answer for it. Come on. He is healing and he is life. Is there anybody this morning that wants to crawl into this altar today and say, you know what? I'm going to lay myself down before God afresh. Come on. I'm going to lay myself on the altar today. And I'm going to say, Lord, not my will, but thine will be done. Not my will, but thine will be done, Lord. I want your will to be come to fruition in my life. I want the perfect will of God for my family. I want the perfect will of God for my father. Finances. I want the perfect will of God, Lord, in everything I do, everything I say, everything I put my hand to do, everywhere my foot trods. I want the perfect will of God. I want to walk and have your my steps ordered of the Lord. Come on, why don't we gather around this morning? Come on, find a place of prayer. God, I want to make sure. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.